When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, what's up, everyone? This is episode 74 of Catfish on Ice. Welcome in, everyone. This is Chad Benton, your host with Rich Howe. How are you doing tonight, Rich? Doing awesome, man. After that awesome win yesterday, how are you? Doing, doing really, really good. How could I not be doing good after what we saw on Sunday evening? Oh, man. We finally got treated to a uh, really exciting and dominant win by the Preds. Because even even the win over the Kings, you were kind of like, uh, okay, like, yeah, you beat the Kings, big deal. That game against the Wild, I mean, they really all came together and just put really put a beat down, especially early on. They put a beat down on an undefeated. I did go on to the Soda Pod podcast and the State of Hockey, and I can tell you that they are not nearly as high on the Minnesota Wild as we are. I know. I saw that. I noticed that. But uh, but I'm still going to take this win and run with it because it was a very impressive win. That was one of the more impressive wins we've seen from the Predators against a quality opponent in a long time. Sounds true. Dating back to last season. I don't know if you agree with that, but it was a very impressive win. It was what they've been needing to do at the beginning of the season. Well, it, it only it only took them six games. <laughs> yeah, that's to true. To do that. Yeah, I mean, you know, they, you know, we know that we know they get off to a slow start and then eventually things start clicking. Well, they uh, they def- what I love most about this game, other than the obvious of Connor Ingram, which we're going to get really, really into Connor Ingram. He is he's the star of the night. He is the he deserves to be in the spotlight. He deserves to be talked about for a whole hour. Honestly, he does. He absolutely he does. But, Very uh, proud of him for what he's gone through. But we'll talk about it more. Yes. But another impressive thing about the game was how the Preds held on to their lead. Absolutely. Um, I, I did. I got to watch like the second period and the third period, and I was um, they were up like three nothing, and I was like, I'm not comfortable. I'm still not comfortable. So mm-hmm. yeah. I think you tweeted yeah. the same thing out. You just you, you, we've been burned before. So yeah, I was just. I mean, I was staring at that scoreboard. I was staring at the game clock, and I was just like thinking about it like like this this is going to keep going down like like the wild are going to keep figuring out a way to catch up you got Connor Ingram in there with in his first NHL start and I was just like there was a parade to the penalty box for both teams and I was just like I was just like there's too much time left here to get too crazy and but that first period I mean Ryan Johansson scores two quick goals I mean, he looked like a first-line NHL all-star centerman. Like, he really did in that sequence. I mean, 
can we just bottle that up and 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 hold on to it for the rest of the season? Man, I don't know what lit a fire under him. Well, really, all of them. But man, he he looked really good and like like you yes. said. So let's uh, let, let's talk about whatever we got in store for everyone here. This is episode seventy four of Catfish on Ice with Chad Mitt and Rich Howe, your host. We've got Kyle Perkins coming on to the podcast later on in the episode to give us his Monday edition of Perks Picks. He will give us his top picks from the week with the National Predators. He always brings a lot of good stuff. He always brings some spicy takes. I know everyone likes to use that term sure now, does. spicy. Kyle Perkins is super spicy. So he will bring some spicy takes for us. We've also got uh, – We've also got to get into this game. We're going to talk extensively about Connor Ingram and what kind of impact he really made, not just on the ice, but off the ice as well, which is really way more important than, than the final score. So we really want to talk about that. Connor Ingram deserves all the love and praise today. So that's what we're going to do. And then also, also we are going to talk about the best fighters in Preds history. Yep. I have and a, I know there's, I know, really I know there's, I know there's already a player that's already in the clubhouse as the winner. I get that. I This isn't really the purpose of ranking these guys. This is more like we're just going to revisit all the great fighters in Preds histories because there there's been a lot of them. I was Perhaps. looking back today at a lot of the guys who have played on the Preds who are great fighters. They've had – they haven't necessarily had a lot of great goal scorers in their history. They've had but plenty of good fighters. I'm looking April. forward to I'm looking forward to seeing the the history. I know you probably got some old ones. So. Yeah, I've got a, I've got an old one. I'm going to see if you mention them. That I we're gonna up. we're gonna we're gonna list some obvious ones and and give them some love. We've got some good responses on Twitter that we are also going to share. So we appreciate that. <laughs> and again, like we said, we are presented by DraftKings promo code THPN. Go get the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Uh, we got NFL football going on right now. So uh, that's this current offer. We'll get into more into that as well later in the episode. Let's get into it right now for the game. Uh, we were not going to focus too much on the negative here, but we do got to bring it up because it happened. This game also happened. It was back to back first road trip of the season. The Preds go to Winnipeg, which is like their house of horrors. Honestly, like they can just not figure out a way to win in Winnipeg. It's like Winnipeg gives me nightmares ever since 2018 playoffs. Yes. When 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 the Preds got knocked out of the playoffs in Game Seven of the second round, the year they won the President's Trophy, that was at Winnipeg, and they chased Pecorine out of that game. I mean, he just he he just had had trouble there, and I just Winnipeg Jets still have some of those same players, and that was just a really tough game because the Preds scored some goals, and they they every time they would make it a one goal deficit, they give it right back. And it was just a, such a frustrating, infuriating game to watch because absolutely every time you thought the Preds were going to like get the equalizer, and the Jets weren't even playing that great, it was just it was just a carryover yeah. of just more sloppy hockey. Yeah, and normally, normally, a four goal Predators game that would be a win for them. That's a yeah. lot of offense We've for those guys. That. We've been but, told that, but. Ran into the the, the Winnipeg. I, I don't know if it was Winnipeg was good or the Predators were just not good. So, well, I can tell you that uh, deflections were definitely the theme of the night for both teams. Uh, these deflect. I mean, these random pinball style goals that were scored. Uh, UC Soros was the victim of that, but Connor Hellebuck was as well. 
And so it was like, right. I mean, both both goaltenders just had who are Vesna worthy goal type of goaltenders had horrendous nights if you look at their stat lines, but there were a lot of unlucky bounces involved <laughs> in that as well. But uh, eventually, I mean, the Jets just had too much firepower. I mean, they've got Kyle Connor out there getting loose constantly. And But what's really upsetting about that game is the Jets weren't nearly at full strength. They didn't have Shifley in there. They didn't have Blake Wheeler in there. They were both on the COVID list for them. And so it's like you would have liked to see the Predators not give up six goals. Right. Six, six goals, not including an empty net goal, mind you. Those were six goals that were given up by UC Soros on the stat sheet. So just really rough for him. Feel bad for Soros. Uh, but we're going to turn the page on that. We're going it's into like the Minnesota. We're going into the. Well, we're going into this Minnesota game, and I'll be totally honest. My expectations were super low. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I did Me not too. feel good about it. You're seeing an undefeated Minnesota Wild team, who I have. I mean, I have them pegged as my second best team in the division. So, I mean, on a back-to-back, Connor Ingram starting his first career game. Uh, I just didn't feel good. I did not feel good about it at all. And what do you know? The Preds score quick, and they they get that big cushion early in the game, and it was just the tone setter. I I don't want to be the negative person in this, but I do like to keep it objective, and I do like to keep everyone grounded in this scenario. If the Preds play the Wild in a seven-game series, at best, the Preds lose in six. I'm just going to throw that out there. I hate to say it, but it worked out for them very well in this particular game, and they are now 2-4-0 and on the season. Am I being a little unfair? Rich, am I being a little unfair there, or how do you feel about I mean, it? I, we've been burned in the past. We know that. So I, I would have to agree. I mean, the Wild – they're a good team, despite what the Soda Pod guys say. Um, they've got, you know, all of our players that used to be with the Predators, <laughs> several of those guys. And, I mean, I, I agree. I, th- I think it would be a very tough uh, matchup for them um, to pull out a, a seven-game uh, series, definitely. And, and, obviously, the Preds are going to hopefully keep getting better and better as the season goes. They are one of the youngest rosters in the NHL. They're yep. probably one of the – they're around the fifth or the sixth youngest roster in the NHL. Yep. So, I mean, when you have a young roster like that, the expectation is the team keeps getting better and better and better as the season goes. So I'm not trying to make some proclamation that the Preds are going to be the same team they are now at the end of the season if they do happen to sneak into the playoffs again for what would be an eighth straight season that the Preds would make the playoffs if they can pull that off, which is a pretty amazing feat in, its, in and of itself. But it's good. As, it's not good. Not good it, enough for. It's not good enough for this fan base. I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was getting at. <laughs> and state and, and, and to go back to my appearance appearance on the Soda Pod with uh with uh, uh Isha who found uh, founded uh, the Hockey yeah. Podcast Network. It was awesome joining them. That. It was a blast. I love joining them. They're they're just awesome. They do outstanding work. And his co-host is State of Hoppy. They do a lot of craft beer. Uh, they, they uh, do a lot of craft beer reviews. They bring a lot of brewers on there and stuff. So they do that part of it as well. And State of Hoppy, he thought I was trying to butter him up, telling him that the Wild are this great team. That. And I'm like, I actually think they're pretty decent. But, yeah, they, I don't, know. They, I don't, do too. they don't see it that way at all. But they also said – State of Hoppy also said uh, 
he was like, oh, your fans are upset because you make the playoffs every year and you only made one cup final. I heard that too. It was very hilarious. So I guess you got to, you always got to think is the grass greener on the other side type of thing. And I guess if Preds fans really expect a cup and they want a cup. And, yeah. and so making the playoffs isn't good enough anymore. Well, you're, but, uh, you're always hard, you're always hardest on the ones you love. So right. and they were definitely they were definitely pretty hard on the wild. That's true. They were, but we're I mean, I, I respect that. I do respect that. I do too. That's that's how it needs to be. No uh, going going into the numbers here though, in this game, I mean they get two power play goals. Ryan Johansson just opens up a can on everyone with two go- two goals in the first period. And these are like sniper type goals. Yes, they Roman are. Roman Yossi opens up the scoring with the power play goal on a wrister, uh, less than four <laughs> minutes into the game. Ryan Johansson scores about two minutes later. Then we go about another seven minutes into the game. Ryan Johansson scores again. So you're 12 minutes into the game and you're already up three nothing. And you've got to, you've given that goal support to your rookie goaltender playing in his first <laughs> NHL game. That is huge. That that, is that huge. was the tone. Set. Very important. Very important for him to get off of that good start. And it let, Con- it let Connor Ingram settle down. I'm sure that really helped him calm some of the butterflies that he mm-hmm. the, that he may have had naturally. Ha- playing with a three-goal lead, I'm sure that helped a lot. But let's talk about Connor Ingram here because I really do want to make the majority of the game reaction on <laughs> Connor Ingram, and rightfully so because he earned it. And I, I'm just – I can't get over how impressed I am with just how he carried himself. And I really want to read his post that he put out there because it's very important. Yeah, uh, He put it out from his personal Twitter account, which he's very active on Twitter. He puts stuff mm-hmm. out there all the time, and he's a really good follow for all Preds fans and all hockey fans. But uh, you can follow Connor Ingram at CB Ingram one But he put out right after the game, he put nine months to the day that I stepped away and went into the NHLPA program for help. I played my first game. Amazing the things that can happen when you put your mental health first. Hashtag Let's Talk, which is the uh, hashtag for mental health awareness uh, that, yeah. that gets put out there. For anyone who's ever dealing with mental health issues, that hashtag is very, very important. Type that hashtag in because you mm-hmm. can actually oh, yeah. talk You can talk to people who are going through similar issues <laughs> that you may be going through. And you can find someone. And you can find common ground. You can Sometimes just having someone to talk to can go a long way. And when you're battling with something mentally, and so I really appreciate the hell out of Connor Ingram, not for oh, winning, the, not for winning the game and have an outstanding game. Of course, he had an outstanding game. I appreciate the hell out of Connor Ingram for using his platform for good. Absolutely, you see these guys. You know, everybody thinks they have this awesome life. They make money. They get to play a sport, but deep down, they're just people, and you know, they've got problems just like you and I do, and probably their problems are maybe even worse than ours because of the pressure they have on them. And to see a, a player like him step up and well, any of them, whenever they do it, just step up and say, Hey, I'm a human being and I've got problems as well. And I need help. That's, that's a great thing to see. Definitely. It's, well, it's so amazing. It, just step up and it really say, is. Um, and also another thing kind of going into the X's and O's of the game, Connor Ingram told Lindsay rally of Bally sports South after the game, he, he basically said, like, I really didn't he, – he said it straight up. I really didn't yep. have to make that many tough saves. He did. I heard that part. Which, also, I mean, yeah, I, I, appreciate, I appreciate his honesty there, but I do think he had to make some clutch saves there towards the end. He, he yeah. got tested. 
He did yeah. towards the end he of the also, game. He also said that his first, the first game he played in the AHL and I guess in the juniors, he said the first shot I faced, both of those went in. So I was expecting him to go in, but not a, uh, not last night, man. He, he saved the first one and quite a few after that. So yeah, awesome. he definitely did. And also another thing about Connor Ingram, let's put this into comparison, historically speaking. And I, I've already shared this and I, I couldn't believe this. So I went back to the archives and looked at Pecorine's first career start, December of 2005, which is insane that to go back that far. Connor but uh, consider, cons- considering that Pecorine just hung up the skates and went into, re- went into retirement, to think that Pecorine made his NHL debut for the Predators in December of 2005 is just in, in and of itself is insane to think about. But Pecorine. NHL debut against the Chicago Blackhawks of all team. I love that as well. Love it. it. He made 35 saves for a .925 save percentage, and he won his first decision. Connor Ingram, 33 saves on 35 shots for a .943 save percentage. So, hey, Connor Ingram, you're in some pretty good company after your first NHL start. You didn't waste any any time – getting into some good company with the yeah. GOAT, Pecorine. Yeah. Um, not that many goaltenders for the Predators, but, yeah, he's only the second one to I think I saw – I think I saw – NHL debut, so. I think I saw another interesting note from this game. I, I'm, I'll make sure I'm right on this, but I'm pretty sure Connor Ingram is only the 19th goaltender in Preds history That's to suit it. up for the Preds. I believe Which, right. when you think about the Preds, they've been around for 21 seasons. And yeah. you see teams all the time shuffle three or four goaltenders throughout a season. Yeah. You're yeah. averaging one goaltender per year, le- less than one goaltender <laughs> per year, over your yeah. franchise's history with Connor Inger being the 19th to suit yeah. up. You'll see the 20th most likely with David Riddick at some point. But yeah. that is an, that is, so. that that in and of itself is kind of crazy to think that they've only it had is. 19 goaltenders suit up for them yeah. in their – two decades plus of existence. Yep. We definitely love our goaltenders, man. That's for sure. And of course, yeah. Pecorine plays a big part in that before Pecorine, you had Thomas Vacoon, who mm-hmm. was the workhorse. So they've always been, we've always been blessed with great goaltenders here. And it seems like the goaltender position is locked and loaded right now for the Preds with UC Soros, with Connor Ingram, a quality backup in David Riddick, and we, we're hoping he's having a speedy recovery. Lindsay, we love you. We know you're a big David Riddick yeah. fan. We hope that uh, old Big Save David, Big Save Dave, is recovering, and we hope to see him out there. We hope that the Preds get him back because honestly, I would really, I don't want to get into these discussions about what do you do with Connor Ingram now. He had such a great game. I still think Connor Ingram could do some good things in the AHL, and then you re, you maybe revisit bringing him up next season, of course. But I still think you take Connor Ringer back to Milwaukee once Riddick is off the COVID protocol list. You take David Riddick as your backup. And then unless there's some major performance issues with Riddick, you stick with the plan. Riddick's the backup. Connor Ingram, go down to the AHL and dominate like you did the last time you were in the AHL. We'll stick with the plan. And then Connor Ingram, we might, we will probably see you next season as yeah. uh, UC Saros' backup. Um, yeah, unless, you know, like we really don't even know if Riddick has COVID. I would assume he does because he's been out for a really long time. It just, you know, if he's got any lingering effects from that or if it takes longer, I mean, we're, we, we more, might see uh, Ingram play 
you know, another game or two, maybe one more. Uh, yeah, I mean, and, I mean, and this is, I mean, I hate it for, I, of course, I hate it for uh, David Riddick, oh, but this is, this is awesome experience for Connor Ingram to take back with him. Unexpected experience. This wasn't mm-hmm. in the plan, obviously. Yep. So I, I'm happy for him. I'm happy for Connor, and I'm glad that yeah he yeah I just yeah so I confirmed it here from Brooks Bratton. Uh, Connor Ingram was the 19th goaltender to pe- to appear awesome. in a regular season game in Preds franchise <clears throat> history. Ingram is also the sixth player in team history to wear number 39. Okay, these are some good Preds trip. Hey, save this for a Preds trivia yeah, question, right? Rich. Next I'm time we bring back <laughs> next time we bring back uh, Preds trivia to the podcast, we'll we'll save this one as a question. He joins Anders Lindback, uh, okay. Masonek, Dan Ellis, D. Pittis, I don't even know who that is, and M. Cesar as players, as one. players who as players who have won number thirty war number thirty nine, and I definitely botched at least two of those names, and I'm so I sorry to anyone out of that list who's watching this stream right now. Or listening to the podcast, we appreciate you. I'm so sorry I botched your name. I just want – I've heard of one of those names. <laughs> Out of all those you read, I've heard one. Lindsay said, um, I just want Riddick to be in Calgary on November 2nd. Of course you do. She's the uh, Riddick's biggest fan in the world. Yes. So, hopefully – I hope that he is down there. Or, so, uh, hey, so, so hey, uh, so, National Predators, assuming Riddick's healthy by then, you need to go ahead and do the right thing and make sure Riddick is the starter – against the flames so that Lindsay can enjoy it. And it might be kind of hard for Lindsay to watch that actually, because yeah, she's a she's diehard, a, she's a diehard flames fan. How is she supposed oh, yeah. to, how is she supposed to juggle team. those? How is she supposed to juggle those two emotions? I don't know. That's, that's tough. Cause she is, but she's a huge Riddick fan. She's got several of his jerseys. She's, she's posted pictures and uh, she now has a Riddick. Uh, she had a, Blank jersey. She had Riddick's name and number put on the back for the Pred. So she's uh she likes them a lot. That's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. I like, I let's talk about some other. It. Let's talk about some other game notes here from the Minnesota Wild game. Roman Yossi had a four point game. He was. Yes. I mean, he was just all over the place. Originally, he had two goals, two assists. They ended up giving the goal to Philip Forsberg, and so Yossi ended up having three assists on the night instead of two goals and two assists. But he was just – I mean, his skate – he looked like he looked like vintage Norris Trophy winning Roman Yossi in this game. His skating Absolutely. and his – I mean, when he's when he's on and when he's locked in, his skating is mesmerizing to watch. He looks like – he, he looks like a video game. He does. Like he's, just, I mean, he's just gliding. He's just gliding, and people he, are chasing him. He can handle the puck. I mean, he's probably – I would argue one of the better – if not the best puck handler on the team. Um, yeah, I don't know. He, he's and amazing. So I'm glad to, to see him get back to form. Definitely. Yeah. So Roman Yossi with his four-point night, that was the last time Roman Yossi had a four-plus point for performance was February 27th, 2018, when he put up five assists against the Winnipeg wow. Jets. So, I mean, he's done it before. He's no stranger to it. I went back and looked at his uh, – Game logs over the last like five or so seasons. I didn't go back <laughs> for that, but over like the last five seasons, he puts up three plus points regularly. But he yeah. rarely he hasn't put up four plus points very often. Which which player does? Unless you're Connor McDavid, right. but yeah, he, he does that quite a bit. But uh, but yeah, so very cool to see that him to 
stuffed the stat sheet. And then, of course, Tanner Janot had that baseball-style goal. That kid, man. He's just – He's one of my favorite. Like he is quickly like him and like kind of. I love those guys the way they yeah. play. That is you exactly, like that style. I love it. Yeah, you can lot. appreciate that style. And Tanner Janot. I mean, let, let's talk about Tanner Janot. He is just. I mean, every game you can count on him making a highlight reel. Yeah. Whether it's whether yeah. it's and it might not be and it, and it might not be because he scored a goal. It might be, be because he got a couple uppercuts in on somebody. Yeah, he's getting uh, – I think he's uh, uh, getting a reputation around the league. Um, watch out for Tanner Janot. Which, all right, this is our perfect segue into our next yes. segment here. Again, the Absolutely. Preds get the win. The Preds get the win. 5-2 to two over the Minnesota Wild. They protected that lead. I was worried that three goals wasn't enough. They protected it. They end up winning 5-2. to two. It was so nice to see the other team have to empty their net for a change. Right. It was but, good. Yeah. One so quick point, real quick, before we go on to the fight. Yes, I was looking at the 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 uh, stats so far for the year. So before uh, some of the guys that I'm going to mention now were they were up there, but kind of lower. So now your mm-hmm. top point leaders are the people who you would expect to see: Roman Yossi, first; Ryan Johansson, Philip Forsberg, Mikael Granlin. Fifth is Matt Duchesne. So yeah, that that's what you would like to see. Yep. Hopefully they can keep that trend going. Um, yeah. Well, so, we're not going to get we'll into see. it too much, but Ellie Tolvanen uh, did leave the game with a really yep. nasty spill into the boards. I don't think it was yep. malicious. I don't think it was like some type of head hunting or anything like that. It was just an unfortunate play. <laughs> Hockey's a very physical sport, of course, and bad things can happen sometimes. And so he took a really nasty blow to the boards. He was very slow to get up, had to be helped up to get off the ice. And I just hope he doesn't have a concussion because that that's what really scares me because that's just, you don't mess around with concussions and head injuries. No. And so we, we really don't know anything about that right now. We'll find out more hopefully on Tuesday, but uh, if he can't play for a while, that's going to just, it, it, it kind of, it, it's really unfortunate for many reasons, but it's also unfortunate because now John Hines once again has to, uh, shake this thing up and I would assume Rocco Grimaldi would be the one who would be put mm-hmm. back in there. But you've also yeah. got Matthew Olivier down there I think in Milwaukee who they could definitely call him back up as well. I would, I hate to say this cause I love Rocco Grimaldi, but I would actually prefer Matthew Olivier getting called back up. And here's why the Preds know their identity. They know who they are. They know that they want to be a very rough style type of team. And they play that, they play that role very well. So far, and I don't think – so I would like to see another player who fits that mold. And so I would prefer Matthew Olivier to get called up to replace replace, uh, Ellie Tolvanen's spot if that ends up being needed. But – I agree. I hate that. I would actually actually expect Rocco Mm. Grimaldi to probably get it. But we'll see. That will be interesting to see what happens there. Perfect. Like, again – Perfect segue into our next segment. Let's go ahead and talk about the best fighters, brawlers, whatever you want to call it, in Preds history, and they've got a lot of them. First of all, if you like hockey fights, you need to go to hockeyfights.com. Yeah. Because they it's it's literally an arc, it's literally an archive of hockey fights. Every day they post every fight that happened in the NHL. And they you can actually go on there and vote on who won the fight and rate the fight. Like it's that it's that detailed. 
Yeah. And so it's a really fun, it's a really fun <clears throat> website. You can wait. I, I, I could waste hours and hours on that website watching yeah, fights. I, I mean, so go to, so that, that kind of inspired this segment. So shout out to hockeyfights.com. It's a really good website, but uh, we went on there and looked, let's go ahead and state the obvious. We're not really ranking these players. We're just talking no. about them because the Preds are a very physical brawler type of team this year and so what better time now to go back and look at some of the best brawlers in team history let's go ahead and start with the obvious and that is of course jordan tutu which all of our awesome followers on twitter all of our awesome followers on twitter when we put the question out there they uh they reminded us yes uh jordan tutu is the answer which is rightfully so we had a Philip Tomasino stand account say Tutu is already mentioned, so I'm going to roll with Cody McLeod. We'll talk about Cody McLeod. He's more right. recent. He's more recent. <laughs> uh, the Sports Stove podcast said Coat and Tutu. Uh, Glenn Spinner said o- only one right answer, and it's Tutu. And then, <laughs> um, and then Greg on Twitter uh, shared a YouTube video of Tutu fighting. Let's see what from what year this is. I watched this video and it was awesome. Uh, let's see. He shared a video from 2010, November 2010. Wow. Jordan Tutu versus Sean Avery, uh, and the Preds are wearing their navy blue silver jerseys oh, in this that's game. That's my favorite. That's my. So favorite. everybody needs to go watch this. Uh, Tutu gets some uppercuts in here. I think the key to a really crazy and good hockey fight is when the player can actually get some uppercuts in. It is. I agree. Because so, so often, because so often they get tied up, they get tangled up. The jersey gets yeah. all tangled. They cut their arms get kind of like caught up to where yeah. they can't really get loose, and then the then they fall down, and really no punches are thrown. No. Uh, that that fight right there that uh, Greg shared with us. Thank you for sharing that with us. Uh, we'll, we'll retweet that on the podcast page. That is a good one. That yep. is a really good one. So we retweeted <laughs> that. that. So go to our go to at Catfish Ice on Twitter. We just retweeted that. Go watch that video. That's awesome. So yeah, Jordan Tutu is an obvious choice. And going back to the Connor Ingram theme, Jordan Tutu, Jordan Tutu dealt with a lot of mental issues and addiction problems. He is yep. another very positive story about a player um, getting the help they needed and battling back from a really hard uh, personal problem and 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 speaking out about it using their platform to help other people yeah so yeah we, uh, we actually follow him on instagram with the catfish on ice account and he is very vocal and talks about it along a lot and that's that's good to see because like once again big tough hockey player guy people think he doesn't have any problems but you know he's just like everybody else so. exactly he 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 really was a great fighter. I mean, he, he and was. he was he was the type of player. And dare I say, Tanner Janot is starting to remind me a lot of Tutu. But Jordan Tutu was a tone setter. Jordan yeah. Tutu would change momentum, not because he scored a goal, but because he was a enforcer. He was just yeah. a don't mess with me, don't mess with my teammates. I, you're not going to want to ever go up against me. I am going to be a pain in your ass the he entire game. Yep. So get used to it. And yep. so many fans appreciated that. And Tutu was around during the time when the team was like going through a lot of transition. I mean, he mm-hmm. was around around the time when the team was being rumored to be sold and moved. Oh, yeah. He was yeah. a part of that team. I mean, he was a he was a such a critical part 
of the Nashville Predators during his time here. And it wasn't because he got a bunch of goals and, and because he was a flashy offensive player. It was because he left everything out there. He truly did. He was such a passionate player. Yeah, and that's what they need. You got to have those players, man. And we have we have a couple right now. We do. And like, and like I said, Tanner Janot, I would say Tanner Janot has a lot more <laughs> offensive skill set to his game than, than Tutu did. But the way they – Pat, the passion they have for the game and the aggressive aggressive style of play they have, Tanner Janot reminds me a lot of Jordan Tutu. He really yeah. does. And, and uh, his eight years with Nash with the Preds, Tutu played 486 games, 46 goals, 79 assists, 125 points, 725 penalty minutes. There you go. There you go, right there, right. There it is. Uh, I mean, he was. Let's let's look at his hit numbers here. The hit, let's see if they're tracking hits. 511 hits. You can't go back too far on the hits because they weren't tracking hits before uh, 2007. So that's really not no. a uh, – that's probably not an accurate number. But, uh, yeah, 2-2 played for the National Predators from 2003 to 2012 before he yeah. went to the Red Wings and broke my heart. Oh, yeah. Well, that happens. But, uh, but yes, Jordan 2-2 is easily the top fighter in Preds history. There's no doubt about it. But let's go ahead and talk about some other players. Rich, I know you got a good one. Give me your next so one. Give I, me one. I do I do have a good one. Do you know what happened on January 7th of 2020? January you know 7th, tw- January 7th, 2020. Where was I? That's two um, seasons I, ago. I have no idea where I was on January 7th, 2020. I will, I will tell you what happened on that night. The Nashville Predators were playing the Boston Bruins. And one Yakov Trenin got uh, in a I know, fight. I know where you're going. With, I know where you're going with this. With, with Zdeno Chara. Oh, oh was, so glorious. Quite quite the fight. Um, Yakov Trenin managed to do something very few players have done. He hit uh, Chara in the jaw. And Chara actually, yeah. his knees it's, buckled. He, he did not go down. He did Chara not go is down. a big, huge man. And he, I've watched but, his fights. He just can hold people with one hand and just hit them with. Let's the get other. some. Let's get some stick taps to uh, to Yakov Trenin during that time because he was an unknown player. He was, yeah. He's still he's still very he's still very much an unknown player around the league. But then he was definitely unknown, and to, for him to, to for him to not back down mm-hmm. against Zdeno Chara is wow. That yeah, takes him. That takes some brass balls. I'm just going to say it right it now. Does. And even this season, you've seen Trenton stick up for for guys. Like I can't remember which game it was, but somebody hit Colton Sissons. And oh yeah, which that after. yeah that that did put the Preds on the penalty kill and it gave did. Seattle their goal. So it you take you, you take the good with the bad in that scenario. Yep. So wait a minute, Rich. You're already going to put you're going to put Yakov Trenton in the exclusive group with Jordan Tutu as best fighters already. I, I, I don't know if he, he is a good fighter. Exclusive. He is hey, a good fighter. Yak is a very good fighter. So not I mean, many. I, I'm not, not saying you're completely people. wrong on that. I say just on the merit of him buckling Zdeno Chara, he's well on his way. Not many people can say that, but I don't know. We'll see. He's still young, so you know he might. Uh, yes. He All might. right. Let's let's talk about. Uh, we already brought up Cody McLeod. He's pretty recent. Cody McLeod was a very, very good fighter as well. He was definitely, in every sense of the word, an enforcer. He was he, he was not like a Tanner Janot or a Yakov Trenin or even a Jordan Tutu in the sense of 
being able to give you any kind of offense. Right. McLeod, McLeod would Cody McLeod was the type he would take the fight when the fight was necessary, and he would serve his five minutes, and the Preds weren't missing anything. I mean, I was, but he was a good fighter when he did get in fights. Were you already watching the Preds when Cody McLeod was on the scene? I uh, was not. Mm-mm. Okay. No, so yeah, he was remember. he was very much a just a bruiser, not bringing no. anything else. He would get, he would take all the fights when it was needed. He would take the five minute penalty if he was the guy that was going to take it. If one of his line mate, if one of his if one of his line mates took a cheap shot from somebody, Cody McLeod would be the guy who'd come in and retaliate. There you go. It's like we're going to sacrifice you to the uh, to the penalty box for five minutes because we're we're not yeah. going to lose a whole lot by having you in there. But Cody McLeod was a good fighter. Cody McLeod has a long reputation in this league outside of being on the Predators when it comes to being a good fighter. That's awesome. So, yeah, he was definitely a good one. A little bit of a different game back then. It definitely was. It's Even in the last few years. I got one that's very underrated, one that no one really talks about, but he's also pretty recent, very recent. He was on the team within the last three or four years. Anthony Potato. Oh, yeah. Do you know that name, Rich? I do know that name. He was I don't know. I, he he was kind of like a Matt Benning in a way, like oh, okay. very yeah, very much like a uh, not going to get you any goals, not going to do much. But he was a very grinded out style player. He was a shot blocker. He would definitely lay his body out to to protect Ooh. his goaltender. And he he I mean he he did a lot of good things for the Preds. Honestly, I feel like he's a little underrated when it comes to. Uh, the fact that he was a good, decent third-pairing defenseman compared to what we're dealing with right now anyway. And yeah. so he was a very good fighter as well. I remember some really good fights <laughs> with uh, Anthony Potato where he would get in there and he would he, – he, almost like Luke Cunning plays, he was yeah. always that type of player where he was like He's getting in the boards. Out. He was oh. getting in the scrums. If there was a scrum and Anthony Potato was on the ice, nine times out of ten he was in the middle of it. And probably the reason why it started <laughs> – you need, yeah, yeah. You need you need players like that. Yeah, so I'm gonna throw Anthony Potato out there uh, as a really good quality fighter in Preds history. He uh, played five seasons with the Preds, racked up 86 penalty minutes in those five seasons in 114 games. Only got 19 points. So, like I said, he wasn't really an offensive type of player, but he did rack up. 194 hits in those five seasons. Oh, wow. So he was very much involved in, in uh, laying the body out there. Yeah. You got one? I do. I was looking up. Uh, so I, I, I um, Googled Nashville Predator fights, and I found someone from played for the Predators 2008 to 2010, Wade Belock. Okay. You know, you, yeah. You know him? Yep. I know the name. I'm, I'm yep. not, I, I well, do I remember out. the name. Yeah, I found out he actually he, he passed away, but um, I watched a couple of his fights. So he played for two seasons. He had four assists and 112 penalty minutes in two seasons. Um, there was a fight he was they were playing um, the Capitals, and he got in a fight with um, Donald Brashear of the Capitals, and it wasn't a very long fight, but uh, Belock put one on him and knocked him out cold, and they had to nice kind of help him off the ice. He was uh he was hurt, but he looked like a pretty tough customer, man, that 
Wade. He was a uh, yeah. I remember him. He was he was he was and and the Preds had a ton of players that were like that back in the day. I mean, that yeah. was literally their blue collar mentality. And it really yeah. seems like it seems like it's come full circle here in twenty one twenty two because that's this is how the Preds are kind of trying to play this season is how the Preds used to be back in the 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 good old days when uh, Barry Trotz was here. And they were they were still trying to make the playoffs and stuff. I mean, that's how the Pred that's how the Preds even the gap and started being competitive in this league was. Yeah. We're not going to outflash anybody. We're not going to have the best offensive players. But guess what? We are going to be a pain to play against. We're going to get in your jersey. We're gonna we're gonna uh, grind it out. We're gonna put you in the boards. We're gonna piss you off. And it really feels like that's who they want to be once again. Yeah, uh, which is yeah. a wild turnaround from the Peter Laviolette days when it was oh run gosh. and gun and just so up and down the ice transition style. It's like we've done a full, yeah. full, a full switch of how we want to be at, be around here, and so that's, that's why this uh, that's why this top brawler segment is so perfect. Yeah. I got that's I got another. Uh, during that era, that was when uh, Austin Watson was their best fighter. Uh, Austin Watson is not going to be included in this because he, <laughs> he lost every he lost every fight I ever watched him get in. He hey, got man, in he a got lot of, a for effort, but he got in a lot of fights. I, I he did. He got, it seemed like he got in a fight every game, and he yeah, was he, always he was yeah. always taken out. He wanted to be the enforcer, but yeah, he's he not missed. in there. He's not. He, yeah. We're not including him. No more no. Austin Watson talk. Nope. Uh, Richard, I got I got a good one here. Rich Clune. No, and, and not Rich Clune, and if you look up the top fighters in NHL history, a lot of times Rich Clune will pop up on some of these right. some of these lists. But Rich Clune, he did not play on the Preds for very long. He wasn't one of those longtime Preds players by any means. But when he was on this team, though, I do remember him. I remember looking at it and being like, who is this new guy? Like, who is this <laughs> Clune guy? And I swear, every time he was on the ice, I'm like, he 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 actually took a lot of shots from what I remember, but he never scored. But this guy was always pissed off about something. He was always like just trying to start like a fight with everybody. Like I'll fight the whole team if I have to. Like he was right. one of those one, but he was a really good fighter. He has a really good reputation of being a good fighter. You'll see his stuff all over hockeyfights.com. But he only play, he only played three seasons with Nashville, uh 106 games. Uh Let's see how many penalty minutes. 279 penalty minutes in three years. Do the math on that one. 200, 279 penalty minutes in 106 games. That's, that's a <laughs> lot. That's a lot. <laughs> He's very efficient when it comes to going to the penalty box. That is quite a bit. Um, and he did that He did that in less than nine minutes of average ice time. <laughs> the guy wasn't even on the ice that much. <laughs> that is insane. 294 hits as well. So he was it's a like very – He just went out. He, he came out of the box and was just like swinging at people and, all right, go back in. Very physical player. Let's get – do we have – we should have uh, one more player here. Let me see. Let's get one more uh, good brawler in here from the team history. Zach Ronaldo. I recognize the name. Zach Ronaldo uh, was a very good fighter. He was briefly on the Preds. I don't want to leave him out because he was he, – he was – kind of part of that era where you just you were interchanging players and none of these players were in the long-term future of the team but you were trying to get these physical players in to mix in so Zach Ronaldo you got Stu Grimson who was a 
he played his last season of NHL hockey with the Preds. He he was more of a fighter earlier in his career in his prime. But he is he's widely known if you look at uh, hockey all time best fighters. Stu Grimson is usually on there, and of course Stu Grimson has done uh, uh, media coverage for the Preds locally yeah. as well in his past. So yeah. Stu Grimson uh, is definitely uh, someone you have to to bring up as well. Uh, anyone? I don't really don't have anyone else on here. Those are the main ones. I want I do want to bring up Shea Weber real quick. Yeah, well, because yes. Shea Weber, the few times that Shea Weber ever got in a fight was the last time anyone would want to challenge him. Because I do, I remember him being in a handful of fights, and I really wish I could find some good clips. Maybe Rich, if you want to try to find some, I if you can find some footage of Weber getting in one of his very few fights. There's a reason why no one ever challenged Shea Weber. Yeah. Because I mean, he would put you down. Yeah. He's a so scary Shea, man. So Shea Weber never had to fight because he was, first of all, he wasn't a, an enforcer, but also no one wanted to step up to that man because you'd be crazy if you did. No. Yeah. I mean, he's just imposing. You just look at him and, and he's scary. So definitely wouldn't want to fight him. <laughs> <clears throat> That's for sure. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, no fighting, just by fear. Nobody wants to fight him just for fear, so that's <laughs> awesome. Right? Yeah. Good so yeah. So the Preds, like, let's talk about their let's talk about their current team right now because I feel like their entire team just wants to be fighters right now. We've got we've got Tanner Janot. We already talked about him. Uh, let's talk about his fight on uh, against Winnipeg on uh, the fight he got in against the oh. Winnipeg Jets. He was uh I mean he got some uppercuts in there for he sure. sure did. He he's gonna get plenty more fights this season. Here's what's crazy about Tanner Janot. He he he's a fighter, but he's not like a lot of the players we just mentioned who had who brought no offensive ability. Right. Yeah, he proved that by that baseball goal he hit. Um, yeah, Tanner Janot can Tanner Janot can do a little bit of everything. He can fight, and yeah. he can score goals, and he can get assists, and he can hit, and he can pass. He can do it all, and he's, I mean, the sky's the limit to where he can end up. And so, like Tanner Janot, Yakov Trenin, Matthew Olivier, if you can see him get back into the game or back into the NHL lineup, Matthew Olivier has got some really good fights. Also on HockeyFights.com, you can see AHL fights. And oh, wow. there's plenty, there's plenty, there's plenty of Milwaukee Admirals fight you can find where Matthew Olivier is involved. Love it. So yeah, Love I'm pretty it. sure like a lot of our listeners are probably like not even watching us anymore right now because they're all going to hockeyfights.com. Yeah, they're like I want to see. And I can't say I, I can't say I blame them either. But yeah, so Jordan Tutu is definitely at the top of the mountain when it comes to hockey fighters. But guess what, Tanner Janot is right there. He, if he keeps going on this career trajectory, Tanner Janot is going to be right up there with Jordan Tutu is one of the best Absolutely. fighters in team history. I'm trying to think of some other players who were just uh, maybe like Luke Cunning's definitely the type of player that likes to get into the scrums and likes yeah. to always get in the middle we of it. So Luke Cunning. Yeah, we mentioned Trenin. Um, and also a lot – Maybe yeah, well, Borovieski hasn't really gotten in a lot of fights with the Preds though. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he got in a couple. He he actually took on Pat Maroon last year. That was pretty good. Um, I think I think he like hit. All right, Maroon. so he this knows he had to get stitches. So good stuff. 
Hello, everybody. All right. We got our guy, Kyle Perkins, joining the pod. What's up, man? We, he is joining oh. us for another edition of per- Perks Picks. Perks Picks. <laughs> got a lot more this time. A uh, few more games. That. That's awesome. That's awesome. We love it. All right, so we, uh, we're moving on. We're moving on to the next segment of Catfish and Ice, episode seventy-four. As Kyle Perkins of Renegades of Puck, and of course, part of Catfish and Ice as well, with his edition of Perks Picks, is joining the podcast. Uh, Kyle, <laughs> we just got to, done talking about a lot of the best fighters in Fred's history. Let's go ahead and get your uh, let's get some of your thoughts on some of the fighter fighters in Fred's history, and of course, also the current ones. Like you're, uh, you're the world's number one fan of Tanner Janos, you can throw yeah. him in on the conversation as well. Um, so one of my things is I own one jersey that has numbers on it, and that's a Jordan jersey. There you go. So, so that yep. that tells you that's my guy. I'm, oh, for I'm, sure. When I first started uh, watching, I you go to YouTube and. Right. You look up the Predators, it's like, hey, let's see some cool clips. And you see, there's a, it was a clip of Tutu, and he goes into the corner, and he, he hits a guy and knocks him out, and he goes down, comes up, and knocks his teammate out. Yep. And, <laughs> Sounds about right. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> he's fighting everybody. It's like, he just took out two dudes in the span of about three seconds. This is awesome. So I'm, I'm a big fan. Am I getting a little ahead of myself saying that Tanner Janot is kind of reminding me of Tutu in a way? Like, I know they're two completely different style players in a way, but, I mean, Tanner Janot is – a lot of the ways he plays, Tutu play. Uh, yeah, he does. Um, they're very similar. I think Olivier reminds me more of him than mm. uh, Janot does. janot has got a little Fair bit enough. more offensive upside than Tutu. Olivier's just a wrecking ball, but <laughs> but uh, that's awesome. Then you got uh, Stu Grimson. Yeah, we brought we brought Stu Grimson. He only played one season with the Preds, but that still counts. And he was a he, he's I see him on all the when you you can type in like top fighters of all time, and Stu Grimson normally pops in on there on most. I'm of the pretty list. sure he fought Bob Prober more than anybody else. And if you do that, you're a man. So <laughs> you absolutely are. Yeah. yeah. That dude, man, that you want to talk about scary. He was like scary before Zidane Charles so was scary. Kyle, Kyle, do you remember Richard Clune at all? Were you watching the Preds when Clune played for the Preds? I wasn't, but I'm, I'm familiar with the name. Dude, he was a maniac. Like he was just like he literally had no other purpose but just to just start shit. Like he was just <laughs> insane. And like, I mean, I'm not saying I want players like that on the Preds because Honestly, it puts you. It, it could be a liability, but this this dude was insane. He also pops up on a lot of uh, lists as far as best fighters in hockey when he was playing. But yeah, Richard Clune, look up some of his stuff. He this dude was just a maniac. Uh, yeah, I th- your your traditional enforcer is kind of a dying breed. Oh uh, yeah, you've got Revo still running around, and you've got Reeves, Ryan Reeves, that, who we just saw. Oh yeah. And that's that's about it, really. As far as I'm just there to hit people and fight. There's now you've got everybody's got to have a little bit of skill, 
yeah. as much as I dislike the guy, you look at somebody like Tom Wilson. Um, yeah, he's got. Some I was gonna. Skill. I was, was gonna say. I was. I was gonna say Tom Wilson. He's kind of like one of those. Ryan Reeves is definitely in there as well. I. I but there's not a lot. Pat Maroon, Pat Maroon, but there's there's really not that many though. I mean, it's it like like Kyle said, it's very it's a dying breed for sure. All right, so we got you for perks picks, Kyle. We're about to get into that first. We are presented by DraftKings. We are uh, that's it's an awesome sponsor. We love being in a partnership with them. They are your number one go to source for all sports, daily fantasy, but also I know you're all football fans out there. The NFL season is not disappointed. And DraftKings has a really great offer for you right now. If you're hungry for another big win this week, DraftKings Sportsbook, the official betting sports partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL game. And if they do win, you can win $200 in free bets. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So go download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code THPN this week at the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-9-WITH-IT or 1-800-9-GAMBLER. So we got our Tennessee Titans that are just crushing people. It was a really good – it was a really good weekend for me it because sure I know – well, the Jets lost. I'm a Vanderbilt fan. Vandy got crushed again. So Saturday I was, like, struggling. I was struggling into Sunday. I'm like, how much worse can this get? And then I get to, and then the tight the Titans treat treat me to a blowout over the Chiefs. I didn't. I thought that the Titans were a better team. I didn't see them completely running them out of the building like they did. And then so then I'm like, so then I'm like, okay, Titans gave me a win, but I kind of expect the Titans to win. They're a good team. I'm like, okay, let's get ready for this Preds game. Playing an undefeated wild team, starting a rookie goaltender. I'm like, I just don't like this at all. And what do you know, the Preds? The Preds just open up another can. So both of my teams on Sunday rose up to the occasion and just dominated their opponent. So I was treated to some uh, so, to some really good action from my home teams. Kyle, let's get you going here. Let's get you going and opening open up Perks Picks this week with your uh, first pick. Well, we're going to start out with the bad news, and because uh, that's Aww. that's just off. That's I like the, the bad news. It, first. Can, it can only get better. And yes. really, it can't get much worse. And we're going to talk about <laughs> Ben Harper. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, I'm telling you, man, he's going to come for you. He's coming after ben Harper, you. Hey, Ben Harper just entered the chat, Kyle. Yep. Ben Harper said, <laughs> no, well, he, Kyle he, actually, he actually did. He's probably got better things to do than I oh, think I'm, so. sure. <laughs> I'm sure. He's making hundreds right. of thousands of dollars. Right. Yeah. All right. But yeah. let's, let's, let's hear it. Okay. So – the, the Winnipeg game was a disaster, an unmitigated disaster. Harper's on the ice for majority of the goals against. Um, I don't know if either of you subscribe to The Athletic. Uh, Dom LeCision, I yes. think that's how you pronounce his He's name. He's really it's awesome. About He's... 15 characters long. Um, 
uh, he always calculates things out by game score. Um, so at, right now in the NHL, the Chicago Blackhawks are the epitome of a dumpster fire. Yes, they, they are. Love it. And, love it. And Seth Jones is the bottom of the dumpster oh. fire. And he makes so, so much money. So, so much money. Yeah. That makes it funny. I love it because I hate the Blackhawks. But anyways, uh, <laughs> Seth Jones' uh, game score was a negative three point five. Roughly, I didn't even know. Roughly. I didn't even know you could be negative. That's that's yeah, you can be negative. It's kind of scary. That's kind of scary. So, yeah, yeah, as, definitely. As epically bad as um, Seth Jones was, Ben Harper was about a negative three point two five. Mm. So that's no bueno. Yeah. Uh the guy can't get out of his own way. He comes out of the penalty box and takes out Johansson. Uh, and and they score off of that. It's just man. The guy literally just can't get out of his own way. Bad penalties, bad plays, defensive lapses. I just don't understand why they keep playing him. I know sure how he's a, like yeah, I know he likes big guys, and Harper is definitely a load. But man, he just he just like you said, he can't get out of his own way, and it's causing a problem. He's got to see that. Hines has got to see that. What I what I see out of Harper is he just looks lost out there all the time. Like he, I feel like he's always chasing the play. Like the play is happening, and he's behind it. Like I feel like every time something bad happens, or the goaltender is in a horrible situation. Ben Harper is going to be somewhere in that area, but he's always in the wrong position. That's what I yes. see. Yes. I There's so many times UC was left thinking he was covered on a side by the defenseman, and he's bailed out and just left a shooter out there on their own. It's just it's mind-boggling. And um, last night, uh, yesterday's game, Borvietsky had the two really bad plays, uh, the one that led directly to a goal. Uh, he was still a positive game score. Wow. We'll take that. So, <laughs> yeah. It's kind it's, of like – I mean, I know people, like, want to see David Ference. They want to see Jeremy Davies, and I get that. But I I know I'm probably going to get a lot of pushback on this. Kyle, you might even give me some pushback on this. But I think that right now, with what they have, Mark Borowiecki and Matt Benning are your best options on the third pairing. They're going to make the least amount of mistakes, at least. At least I know they're still going to also make some good plays as well as some bad plays, whereas Ben Harper just looks completely oh, lost and seems to never do anything. You bring David Ference up, yes, he might bring some offense, and he looked decent in small sample size uh, last season. But David Ference is going to make mistakes too because he's a young player and he hasn't mm -hmm. played a lot. So I get that you want to <laughs> develop him, but – you also want to see these players develop in, in Milwaukee a little bit more before you do bring them up. So it's a tough call, but I think right now Mark Borowiecki and Matt Benning are your best options. Play it by ear. Let the season progress. If it just gets progressively worse, then then you make a call. You bring up – I would bring up Ference over Davies, but that's just me. Yeah. I agree on the Ference over Davies. But I, what I was doing there when I was going through everything, um, I looked up something. You know something uh, Borvietsky has not done this year? What? Um, I don't know. He has not taken a penalty. I don't know. That's pretty – yeah, that's that's pretty surprising. 
Yeah. Yeah, that is surprising. Uh, last year, he was a penalty machine. He was, it seemed like every five minutes he's going in the box. He has not taken a penalty yet this year. That's what playing you need smarter. him to do. And he's playing smarter. Uh, he's still playing that physical brand of hockey. Uh, had a couple mental lapses, but he's a third-pairing defenseman. I'm not going to be super mad about that. Right. It's it's not a every time he's on the ice thing. It was one or two little things. It, it happened in the worst time and the worst spot it could happen, but I'll take it. Yep. Absolutely. All right. So moving on to our next one. Uh, one of our one of our young guys still in the minors, and that's uh, Mr. Zachary LaRue. I saw uh, this. The the boy boy Zach had a wow. game this he weekend. Sure did. He had a six point game, five assists, and an empty net goal. Uh, that's I know it's juniors and points rack up in juniors, but that's still <laughs> pretty impressive. A six point game that's that's doing some work. That, I don't care what level you're on. That's impressive. That is impressive. Mm-hmm. Good to see. Good to Definitely. see him getting all the assists as well. That means he's not playing selfish hockey. So, absolutely. Uh, going sure. on up, and uh, I hate this one because it's uh, Ellie Tolvanen and the yeah. injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I went back and watched it. I do think it was incidental. Uh, I don't like it. And uh, I'm not going to speculate on what his injury is, but his head bounced off that board pretty hard. Yes. Um, it's scary. Scary stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Very I, scary. Uh, and I was so happy because he was on the line with Forsberg, and they seem like they have so much uh, chemistry together when they're on the line. And they were on there with uh, Grandlin centering them. And I just thought there was so much potential for that line. Uh, so. I guess yeah. we'll see what happens, uh, which brings me to uh, the second half of this. Who does Nashville play in Tolvin instead? Yeah. You've got the option, who's on the roster already, and Rocco Grimaldi, which is – Rocco's okay. He's he's not going to break a game most likely. Uh, it happens. He did it against Detroit. <laughs> but we have somebody in the system that's pretty much in the same mold as Tolvanen, only just a little bit bigger and maybe a little bit meaner. I know who you're and talking then, about. Yeah. Uh, and that would, and also has that booming slap shot, and that yeah. would be Igor Afanasev. Yes. And I would, I would really love it in the morning to wake up and check the AHL transaction site and see him <laughs> coming up to Nashville to play Tolvanen's spot. Kyle, first of all, you say his name so beautifully, Afanasiev. It's such a fun name to say. Like when you yes. when you can really master it, it's such a fun name to say. But yes, it, it just kind of rolls, right? It really does. It's one of those names that just rolls off the tongue once you can actually uh, say it properly. Igor. But uh, Igor. all right, so I uh, we'll let Rich get yeah. in on this as well. But let me start off, Kyle. I, I would love to get the excitement. I would love to see him up here. I, I'm going to stay true to what I said going into the season. I want to see Igor put together a long chunk of time in the AHL, really build his stats, really hone his craft, and, and mm-hmm. play for a really good team. He's a big part of that team. He's a, 
crucial part. And just like Tolvanen's getting buried with with NHL minutes, not getting a lot of minutes, I don't want the same thing to happen to uh, Afanasiev because I don't think he's quite on his career path as to where Tomasino's at. Where Tomasino, this oh, this wow. kid's just. This kid doesn't even have to be on the ice but 12 or 13 minutes. It don't matter. He's still mm-hmm. going to make things happen. I'm not saying Afanasiev can't do the same thing, but I, I, at this point, if Tolvanen can't play, I would actually rather see Matthew Olivier in the lineup. Yeah. So neither of us are going. Neither of us are going with <laughs> Rocco Grimaldi right now. But if, if they do call up Afanasiev, I'm not going to be like totally upset about it. I'll be I'll be glued to the TV screen like I always am, seeing these players make their debut. But I personally, and I guess I'm being a little bit safe on the safe side, I would probably say Matthew Olivier for me, just personally. I can see that. I had moved Janot up a line. Um, yeah. I could see that very, very easily working out. But it's a tough call. It's a tough call for Heinz. It is. It's always tough. I do not envy that decision. Get in on it, Rich. What do you think? I mean, I think I would like to see Olivier back in and some – some form or fashion, but I don't know. The the part of me thinks that Heinz will probably just go with Rocco. Um, they're playing San Jose next, so San Jose is pretty tough. So we'll see. They've only lost one game, so maybe he'll go with Olivier for the toughness, hopefully. But who knows? We just never know with Heinz, right? We don't know what he's going to do, I think. You're right about that. Yeah, so anyway. So – the next one is another young guy, and that would be Tommy Novak. Yeah. So wow, I, I I think we were all very upset when Cody Glass got sent down. I'm still not a huge fan of this, but man, am I glad that Tommy Novak has got his opportunity. The kid already has uh, three assists, two of them on the power play. He comes yeah. straight in and is on the on that second power play. He's zone entries. Watch his zone entries. He's not <laughs> dumping. I, I don't think I've watched him dump a puck in yet. He is always carrying it through. Good. I, I mean, he is just. That's my biggest pet peeve. <laughs> it's. He has just played solid and especially at a center position for a younger guy. He's 24 years old. Uh, he's just, he's been really solid and he's just been kind of forgotten down in mm-hmm. uh, he, Milwaukee. So, yeah. yeah for sure. Novak's the illustration of a player take going the hard way. Like he wasn't, he didn't burst onto the scene like Tomasino did with all these crazy expectations. I want to say he's a 2015 draft pick. Yes. Yes. So he's, I mean, it's been a long road for him and Mm -hmm. I'm sure a lot of Milwaukee Admirals Admirals fans, including our buddy CJ Wodoshek knows all about Tommy Novak and they're not that surprised, but there's a lot of Preds fans who don't follow the AHL team very closely. And, the only prospects they do follow are the big ones like Tomasino. And so now they're seeing this Tommy Novak guy and they're like, who's this guy? Like this, this guy's pretty good. It's got, he's the 24 year old. He's the 24 year old prospect. He's not the 19, 20 year old prospect. No, this guy did it the hard way. And I am so happy for him. And he looks yeah. very, he looks ready for this moment. Like he totally yeah. does. <laughs> Uh, CJ brought it up whenever I talked to him last week and he was so excited about it. He's like, you don't understand his hockey sense, his, mm. his intelligence for the game. He knows what's going on around him and being his first couple of games and he's already got three assists. Uh, that's doing pretty good work. That's yeah. mm-hmm. it is. 
So he looks really good with Thomas. He looks really good with Tomasino out there too. I love that connection they got with each other. Mm -hmm. They do look good uh, playing with each other. And I wonder, I'm not for certain. uh, Did they play on a line last year together in Milwaukee? I, I I would have to go back and make sure for sure. But I do know that I want to say on the broadcast on the Valley sports South broadcast, I thought I heard something from uh, uh, Willie Donick and all them saying that, that they do have a lot of experience playing together. But I could be That's wrong on that. But I'm feeling pretty good about the fact that I think they did play together with uh with the Wolves, Chicago Wolves last year. Yeah, I messed up and said Milwaukee last year. It's okay. It's it's easy to forget that. We kind of want to we we kind of want to forget that because that was weird watching our prospects yeah, play so for another strange. play for another organization. But yeah, they need to be in the in the blue. That <laughs> that just doesn't work yeah. out. So okay, I'm. This is a hot take. <laughs> we like hot takes. This this is my biggest hot take. I like the Admirals logo and color better than the Preds. Ooh, oh. that's pretty. That's that's, that's spicy. I, I, I like it. I do like their colors. Their colors are I very do, I sharp. Like them too. And, they, and they're they'll, it's like a pirate, isn't it? It almost looks like a pirate. It's, it's a, a very like good a, logo. Pirate yeah. skull with the yeah, hat. Yeah, it's it is a it is a really badass logo. It is. I it, like their logo. I, like I would love. I would love to go to a game up there. Oh, I know. Oh, it looks so fun. Like wearing my Preds gear, and I because these AHL fans they are rowdy. Like they get they into sure it. Mm-hmm. Just because it's a lower league doesn't mean they don't get into it just as much. Yeah. And I remember growing up as a kid in Nashville, we used to go to Nashville Knights games. We used mm-hmm. to have a team mm-hmm. called the Nashville Knights. And this was back – I don't even know what league it was considered, honestly. But this team was – I mean, all the, we were just talking about fighters. That's all they did was fight. Like, I mean, it was like – you're lucky if you can see a goal scored because it's just fighting <laughs> constantly. But we didn't know any better. We, 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 we felt like we were at a pro wrestling event or something. Like, that's really, what, that's, a really, that's really what hockey felt like in the early 90s yeah. growing up in Tennessee. You went and watched the National Knights at the Municipal Auditorium. And that's all they did was fight. But that's anyway, awesome. it works. Uh, so, so we're going to move on to everybody's favorite whipping boy, and that is Matt Duchesne. Duchesne no, 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 no. Ben Harper is taking over Matt Duchesne. Yeah, Matt Duchesne's like, whoo. Yeah. You, you might have a point. People are complaining less about the money and more about the, oh my God, did that just happen? Uh, um, but Duchesne had uh, probably his best game in a maybe in a Preds uniform uh, yesterday. He had three assists, so distributing the puck well, getting it to other people. But how many posts did he hit? The, dude, if you go back and look, I, I bet he hit that up. The dude is to... per, the dude is perpetually snake bitten. Like I I I don't know what he did to to make the hockey gods mad. But he needs to repent, say he's sorry for whatever he did. I don't know if he stepped on the NHL logo and, like, I don't know what he did to tick off hockey know. hockey gods. But this guy cannot catch a break when it comes to, to no. getting these oh, these good-looking shot opportunities. Then he just clings that post. I can't and remember it, what game it was, but he had one. It might have been against Los Angeles, but, like, he tucked the puck between his legs and like flipped it up and it hit the post. And I was like, man, this guy just, he just had awesome, awesome uh, puck handling uh, skill right there and hit the post, man. He's just so unlucky. 
Yeah, the the one of uh, Yossi's goal from uh, yesterday. It's off a rebound of a Matt Duchesne post hit. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. <laughs> you, you got to feel for the dude at this point. It's like he just can't. It's like the puck has a magnet in it and Something right to the post. He is. I do. I noticed it in yesterday's game, uh, especially. The guy is playing hard, though, man. He's yeah. he's definitely not taking plays off. There was one play where it probably got overlooked, but maybe some uh, listeners or or uh, whoever's watching the stream right now, they might be able to remember this. Uh, just get in on the chat with us on YouTube or Twitter right now if you're watching. But uh, I remember a play where Duchesne, this guy was getting, like, bullied by somebody on the wild, like just getting constantly pushed in the back. And it came to the point where Duchesne was literally on all fours on the ice. He got knocked down so hard. And the guy, and he just kept pushing. He got up and finished the play, got back into it. It shows me that he's not just a finesse player. Like, he can also – he's not going to be like a Luke Cunning or anything like that. But, like, right. he he can still get in the in the scrappiness as well. And I kind of saw a little bit of that last uh, yesterday against the Wild. And so I'm glad to see him at least get some, uh, get some uh, assist in the stat sheet. Um, I guess he did kind of exercise those demons against the Hurricanes with that game winner last year. But, yeah, uh, yeah the, the yeah. dude is snake bitten, though. He totally is snake bitten. He, yeah. um, he also Absolutely. didn't get pinched on the boards. That's our that's our big pet peeve, isn't it? That, that's our big yeah. Matt Duchesne <laughs> pet peeve. He oh. did not make that stupid move going around and getting pinched. It made yeah. my day. I, I watched for that yeah. the entire game. Mm-hmm. Um all right, now on to my favorite player, Tanner Janot. Yes. Tanner is up to two goals and then one assist. Uh, so three points, one of the higher scorers on the team. Let's talk about the goal that he set up <laughs> for Nick Cousins. That is the exact kind of play that the top two lines need to be producing. That pass through the crease to set up a, a – crashing cousins to just tap it that was beautiful i love mm-hmm. that so much then Jano has the 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 baseball goal oh man that was pretty the the wherewithal to keep his stick down under the crossbar under the goalie's shoulders to not be playing it with a high stick to be able to hit it uh, accurately into the net that's impressive I don't know if y'all saw the intermission interview with Dan Hynote, but he said, I don't, at this point, I don't know if the kid's an alien or a superhero (laughs) or what. And I, I I really think Hynote has taken that line under his wing because they they'll come in and sit down and you always see high note run over and he's smacking a yeah. helmet yeah it's, he's definitely a he's definitely a, a player's coach he's very much because he's a former player if i'm if i'm not mistaken yeah. yes him and, and mace but, played together yeah yep. so he's a he's a very quality assistant coach for Hines, and i do like a lot of the things that he seems to be bringing into this team team plays hungry all the time team pl- the team plays with the chip on their shoulder all the time. Is it always going to lead to uh, flashy goals and high-scoring games and all the fun highlight reel stuff that everyone wants to see? Maybe not, but they definitely have an identity. We know that. We They they, they play with a chip on their shoulder, and they play ticked off all the time. I think the, the game yesterday was the most relaxed I've seen that team in oh, yeah. forever. Um, they weren't making the – 
oh, the, they weren't pushing. Right. They were the game. They were letting the game come to them. It looked more relaxed. That that's a big deal. The who was it? It might have been Mason. Said uh, you're playing at home. Things aren't going great. Get to gripping your stick a little too hard, and then things just keep going worse and worse. So maybe uh-huh. getting away from Bridgestone and a little bit of a road trip might have helped yeah. them out a little bit so they can come back in with a little bit of confidence. They should after this game they played yesterday. And I mean, like, you know, that's their first two division games of the year and they get, they split. So you'll take that on the road. Now they got to, they got to build something here though. They, they can't revert back to old ways and lose to San Jose. I mean, like, because you're still kind of in a hole here and I mean, that's kind of just how I see it. But uh, you got any other picks, Kyle? Got a few more going. Uh, all right. Let's, I'll, let's I'll keep going. Hurry up. <laughs> no, you're fine. Uh, we can stay here all night. I love talking hockey. I can do this all, all right, night. Yeah, definitely. So, next pick, uh, Phil Tomasino. Yeah. He's got to be on there. I was wondering I was wondering if he was going to show up. I know. He, uh, he came in. He played that first game. And then all of a sudden, he's on the bench. No, he's not even on the bench. He's oh, up yeah. in the box watching the game. That was, what that is was going, going on, on here? Yeah, that was horrible. And he even had an interview and was talking about Duchesne talking to him. Duchesne talked about it on the radio saying, I couldn't handle that. If they did that to me, there's no way I could have handled that mentally. And it's, he said he's a lot more mature than I was at that age. And it's like, oh, wow, that's <laughs> pretty interesting to hear yeah, from right. one of the big money guys on the team well he comes in his mom and dad in the stand sitting next to Janot's parents and scores this weird looking off the back of the goalie goal and it's yeah. it's like okay he got his first goal that's awesome well he he he's kept it up he scored another goal got another assist uh looks in the, very much in the play. I don't know if uh, you all remember it. There was a play that he set up Yossi with a drop pass that was absolutely gorgeous. And I think it even surprised Yossi because uh, it was a uh, Hellebuck was playing out mm. of his mind because he's a well, perennial Vezina guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tomasino uh, could yeah. Tomasino could easily have more points than he has right now. He's had some yeah. very near chances both assist and goal wise, like where he could have, I mean, he's got three, he's got three points in his first four NHL games. I mean, he's, he's staying on pace of what he's done his entire hockey career, which is mm-hmm. be a point per game type of player. Yeah. Uh, it's, he's doing what he should be doing. He's not, you know, they're playing him with line mates that are, uh, Oh my gosh. For him. Um, it, he's got a 28.6 shooting percentage right now. I know that's very, very, I know that's bloated. I know that's going to come down. That's not a normal number, but just right now he's got seven shots on net all season. So he's only getting 12 and a half minutes of ice time, but he's got seven shots on goal right now. He's feeling his way out. He's getting comfortable. You're going to start seeing those shot totals go up kind of like what happened with Ellie Tolvanen. Mm-hmm. But as of now, He's making the most of his opportunities on the ice. I'll tell you that. Twelve and a half minutes of ice time, and he's making he's making the most of it. He's won four, uh, four out of nine faceoffs. Uh, I mean, he's he's doing some things. He's making the most out of his brief time he has on the ice. He knows. 
Oh yeah, he's get the bang for your buck. <laughs> bang for your buck. I like it. Give yep. me a shirt. That, give me a shirt that says that. Bang for your buck. That's awesome. Uh, going on to our next one, and that's the captain Roman Yossi. Oh. Yossi had four points yesterday. Had a goal, yeah. and three assists. At one point, he had two goals. They felt they felt bad for Forsberg, and they were like, "Hey, Forsberg, we're going to give you this one. We're going to give you this one." <laughs> the little Either, tip of the, the tip of the stick must have just barely deflected it in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, so that's good. Tap, so that's tap, good tap for room. that. that that's going to be room. really good for that's going to be really good for contract year Forsberg stats. Yeah, yeah. They don't ask yeah, how, just how many. <laughs> exactly. When he's um, when he's in the negotiating room for his new contract, he's gonna be like, "Did you see that extra goal I scored against yeah, Minnesota? Remember, remember that was that mine. That was mine. That wasn't Yossi's. That was mine." Yeah. That's it gotta be better. Another half a million. <laughs> every bit of it. Uh, there was a move. Yossi's coming down the left board. Um, Guy is blocking him off. He's got him dead to rights. And Yossi spin moves this guy. Yeah, I remember that. And just breaks his ankles. And it's how I, you don't see defensemen move like that. You very rarely see yeah. forwards move like that. If yeah. he keeps this up, he'll be in a, in a Norris conversation again. Love it. I, oh, for I, sure. I, yeah, for sure. If he plays to the level of this game, I think it's definitely – a possibility. Yeah, his uh, first uh, his first four plus point game, which is really tongue twister. Keep getting tongue tied on that one. First four plus four. point game since February of 2018. He 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 does three plus point games all the time, but he very rarely gets to that four point mark. And he had five assists in that game in 2018. But other than that, mm-hmm. pretty rare territory, even for someone as great as Roman Yossi. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's that's a, that's a difficult feat in the NHL unless you're Connor McDavid. And that's what I said that. earlier. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, and he's a defenseman. Yeah. He he's a defenseman of all people, and he's pretty, yeah. And he uh, does that. Yeah, yeah. I, and this is not on my sheet of things to talk about. How good has <laughs> Alex Carrier looked? So he's not part of a perks picks. You're just bringing him up. No, no. This, 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 is, this is a wild card. Wild card. Uh, Alex Carrier, that kid has looked good. He's running a power play sometimes. He's he's on the PK. He's, he's I like him on the PK. Well. That's my yeah, big, I know I know his offensive abilities. I've always mm-hmm. I, I was beating the I was beating the drum for Alex Carrier to be playing before the youth movement was even a thing. I was like, yep. get this kid up here. He I Rich, can you back me up on this? I was literally right, saying I, I was writing Predlines yeah. articles saying Get this guy up here because at that time the is at at that time the Preds were still dealing with third pairing issues. They had Matt Irwin in there. They had Yannick Weber in there. They had uh, (laughs) a, I mean, they had like, I mean, gosh, I don't even want to think about it. Corbinian Holzer for like one game, two, one or two games. I, I, I'll never make (laughs) sense of that signing. I don't know, but, but yes, I was like, get Carrier in here. He is more than proven himself in Milwaukee. He can bring some offense. But I really like what I'm seeing from him on the penalty kill. Yeah. Yep. That so, penalty kill has looked so much better. Like, they're uh, – Don't jinx it. Please don't yeah, jinx yeah. it, Kyle. Yeah. But you are right, though. You are right. I had to knock on wood. 
There you go. I got some wood here to knock on. But yeah, you you're absolutely right though. You gotta call it like it is. Both the power play and the penalty kill seem to be making progress. Progress is all you can ask for. We'll take progress. At, we'll we'll take progress at this point. All right, let's get to your next one here. All right, N- number two. Number two, yeah. Yep. So Ryan Johansson, two goals for Rajo. In the I love first period. It so much in the first period. And they're both Ryan Johansson goals. They're yep. coming straight up the middle. Oh, yeah. One, he does, he one, he does the little kickback fake and fakes the goalie out and then just flips it. And yep. he, he's – Johansson looked like he was having fun. And and that's what they need is for him to have fun just like that. Yeah. Why can't – Why can't? I want to see more aggressive Ryan Johansson. I'm tired yeah. of seeing this passive. I'm going to set the guy up. I'm going to stick handle. I'm going to try to do a flashy behind the back pass. No. Ryan Johansson, you are a gifted shooter. You can shoot the puck. Stop acting like you can't. I want to see a more aggressive yeah. Ryan Johansson from here on out. Oh, absolutely. I, in, in my notes here, <laughs> I said he, he's finally pulling the trigger. Uh, yeah. I wanted him to get a Hattie so bad. It, oh, I know. That would be nice. So close. Uh, good, yeah. good for him though. Speaking yeah. of Hatties, I wanted you know to get that Gordy Howe hat trick against. Oh, yeah. He's so bad. He so did close. get the fight win though. So he did. Oh yeah, easily, yeah. easily. He uh, got he got a couple he got a couple uppercuts in there that were clean. Yeah, he he yeah. dominant. He he owned that fight for sure. He's yeah. been wanting one all year. He has so. been. He'll get another he, one. It won't be. We won't have to wait too long before we see the next yeah. one. My good old Uncle Gordy. <laughs> hey. <laughs> All right. So the story of yesterday, I think, and everybody was very happy about this. This is Connor, number one. Number one. Connor Ingram. Connor Ingram. Getting yes. his first start in the NHL. Uh, nine months to the day of him going into the NHL uh, player assistance that's, program. That's crazy. Um, his first start. This kid has been through a lot. He, yep. he drafted high by Tampa Bay. They soured on him, trade him to Nashville for a seventh round pick. That's pretty insulting for a, a player yeah, to be traded for a seventh round pick. <laughs> especially yes. especially a goal especially a goaltender. Yeah. yeah. Um you don't just that, dish out goaltenders for a seventh round pick unless you've just completely given up on them. Yeah. Um, he comes up, goes to Milwaukee, he's playing there and he's splitting time there. And I just went blank on the other goalie that we had there. Um, uh, Grossnick, Troy Grossnick. Troy yeah. Grossnick. I think it was, yes. yeah. Yes. He right. was a, uh, he was a, he, he was a career AHL goaltender. Grossnick was, he was never coming yes. to the NHL. Um, him and Grossnick dominated that season. They played together in yep. Milwaukee. Just Absolutely dominated. Then Ingram gets sent over. Uh, was he playing in Sweden? And uh, so, yeah. during, uh, during the COVID season and everything else, and there's all these issues that happened there. Uh, he comes back over uh, after that and that whole ordeal, uh, which he was found that no wrongdoing was going on. It was just a really bad game. Um uh, 
Or would they they accuse him of throwing, throwing the game or something? Yeah. Yes. Um, but um, he comes back over, and then he goes into the player assistance program. Um, for whatever reason, I don't know what it is. He's he's made posts about mental health. If that's what his issue was, I'm really glad he got help, and I'm really glad he's speaking out about it. Um, yeah, I have a theory. I have a theory on what it was, and I don't know if I should say it or not. But um, yeah, I'm not. Never mind. Forget it. I'm not going to talk about it. It's not none of my business. Not my story. So go ahead. Sorry. But um, we'll leave it there on that. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm just glad he got the help. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So he goes through this program. He gets out. He plays a couple of games in Chicago last year to end their season out does okay not great uh the thing that really impressed me and it makes me proud to be a fan of the nashville predators they kept him in nashville all summer yep making sure he's training here yep making sure he's training (laughs) making sure he's okay making sure he's eating right making sure he is doing the best things possible for connor ingram they didn't just send him all right we'll see at camp they were like we want to take care of you stay here so yeah. it's the human element. It's, it's the human element mm-hmm. of these things. You know, they're, they're yeah. not machines. They're not robots. These are human beings. And you, uh, I do really appreciate the national predators organization for, uh, for being there for him because yeah. now I, I mean, now he, now he's come back stronger than ever. Now he, and it's a really good look on the franchise. I mean, like, because yeah. there's yeah. plenty of other players going through these same things right now. And you just hope that every team adopts this um, this way of thinking of like, hey, we don't we don't need to push this to the side here. We need to, we need to make sure that we take care of our players if they're dealing with these problems. And so it's just a it's just an outstanding story on so many different levels, so many different levels. So happy for Connor Ingram. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I mean, I was really worried that he might get lit up in his first NHL start, but even if he did, even if he had gotten lit up. I wouldn't have cared. I still would have been so happy for him oh, yeah. to, to, to make it to make it back to that level. He started an NHL game. He was the 19th goaltender in franchise history to suit up for the National Predators. Considering yeah. where he was nine months ago, that in and of itself is insane and incredible. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter what he did after that. The fact that he put together that performance is just icing on the cake. Yeah. He is the second goalie to ever start their first game and win. Yep. You know Pecorino is the other one. Pecorino, come on now. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So he's he actually, in pretty he, and he, company there. And he and he actually posted a better save percentage than Pecorino in, in Pecorino's yeah, first he had start. A, he saved a thirty-three or thirty-five with a nine. Yeah, man. Just, just, yep. yeah. I mean, he and he was tested. He was. He was. He's definitely tested there when the because the because you know the wild predictably sent everyone out and just went guns blazing because they were down so far, and so they got some really good opportunities there at the end. Where if Connor sure Ingram did. lets a couple, if Connor Ingram lets a couple soft goals in, suddenly you're talking about a five to four game, uh, and suddenly you're way more sweating that one out there at the end. But instead, Ingram holds strong, and we didn't have to sweat it out as much. Josie no. said after the game, uh, whenever he played his first game, he was so nervous. He was freaking out and just he, 
nerves yeah. and jitters. He said, we turn around and look at Connor tonight, and he's just back there just kind of grinning and having a good yeah. time. And yeah. they're like, he, he never got up, never got tore up anything the entire game. He just sat back there and was locked in. Uh, another thing Ingram said after the game was he was expecting the first shot to go in mm-hmm. because his first, his first, his uh, <laughs> first, that, that first save he made, he kind of like scooped it up in his chest almost and held on to it. Uh-huh. Like it, it wasn't necessary. It wasn't necessarily comfortable looking save, but he did it. Yeah. And I, I think he looked at the official and hey, save this puck for me. Uh, so hopefully they save that puck for him. The first shots he faced in the WHL and the AHL both uh they both scored mm-hmm. on their first shot. That's so, funny. Oh well he something was really, else. Really All right. yeah. Something else he said in the interview afterwards was they were asking him about his nerves or whatever, and he said, you know, it's like my father has always said, no matter what happens today, the sun's gonna rise tomorrow. So he's real positive and laid back, and that's that's hell good. yeah. Good Love see, it. So, yeah. Give me Give me all of that. Give me all of that. That's a great way to end episode 74 of Catfish on Ice. We are all about the positive vibes. Yes. Coming out of the weekend, Preds win. They beat the Wild. They they get their first road win of the season. This has been episode 74 of Catfish on Ice. Kyle Perkins, thank you for joining you, us. Kyle. We will thank see you for, you for another edition of First Pick. At KPerk86 on Twitter. Go follow him. He's also part of Renegades of Pup. Check out all of his stuff, all of his memes. Just doesn't miss a beat with these memes, but he's also got really good press content uh, coverage as well. He knows he's talking about. We appreciate having him on the podcast every week. Can't thank him enough for that. Until then, everyone, we really appreciate you listening. This has been episode 74 of Catfish on Ice. Chad Benton and Rich Howe. We will see you Thursday for episode 75. Until then, everyone, have a great week and go Preds. Have a good one. Stay classy, man.